Hello and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. In this episode, I want to talk to you about Hebb's law and how it affects habit change. And I must apologize now if you can hear a kind of growling in the background. That's my stomach. I'm fasting at the moment. So I'm doing 16 hours fasting, eight hours eating and doing that every day. So this is only day three and I'm not used to it yet. And actually, it's the fast that's the inspiration for this episode, because what it's making me really aware of is my habits around food. And Hebb's law relates very strongly to habits and why we have them and why they feel like they do when we try and break them. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. Simply, Hebb's law is neurons that fire together, wire together. Basically, every time you have a thought or do anything, neurons are firing in your brain. Neuroscientists estimate there are about 100 billion neurons in the brain alone, and there are neurons in other parts of the body as well. But just that 100 billion neurons in the brain is roughly the same number as the number of stars in the Milky Way. That's a lot of connections to keep organized. And so what the brain does is when it detects a pattern, when it says, oh, normally when you do this, you also do that as well. What it does is it wires the neurons responsible for the combination of activities together more permanently. So when activity one happens, activity two is triggered automatically. And that's Hebb's law. Literally every time you repeat an action, you change the structure of your brain. People used to say that those kinds of changes happened only in the brains of children, but now we know that that happens throughout your life. So anything you do repeatedly, even if you started when you're 60 or 80, is going to make changes to your brain. Now all of that is fantastic, but it also creates a corresponding problem, which is when neurons have wired together really, really well, it's hard to undo those ties. It takes time. And it's the undoing of those ties between the neurons, of those wired connections, that you feel as cravings, as feelings of wanting to quit, as proof that you can't do something. But all it really is, is an old program based on an old pattern that you used to run and that your brain has gotten used to and has hardwired so it takes a while for the connections to break and for those neurons to form a new pattern. So as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm fasting and I'm really, really aware of the old patterns firing in my brain around food. One of my habits is that after the kids are ready and the morning routine is all taken care of and everything is done, I sit down with a cup of coffee and a slice of sourdough toast with almond butter and banana. You can probably even hear in my voice, it's a delight for me. It's one of my favorite parts of the day and it's one of my favorite things to eat. And I would be eating it now as I record this episode. Not simultaneously, of course. If I was eating it, I wouldn't be recording this. And that's actually precisely why I'm recording because those neurons are continuing to fire because what happens with Hebb's law is the first neuron fires and then goes zzz, zzz, trying to get the second one to ignite. And you're like, no, I'm not doing that today. No, it goes, dzz, dzz. it's trying to get it to ignite again. Dzz, dzz. And you feel it going the whole time. So that's that sense of, ah, I've just made a cup of tea. I want to eat a biscuit. Or yay, the kids are in bed. I want to have a glass of wine. 
But the great thing is Hebb's law works in the positive as well. So when you have positive habits, they also embed and your brain also wires to protect those. So the more you do them, the stronger those wired connections become and the more automatic the behavior becomes because the instant the trigger is set off, the behavior runs automatically. There's loads more to say around that, but I wanted to keep this episode short and just share with you some of the reasons why you might experience cravings and why it's not an indication that you can't do it. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you also know that I have struggled with food pretty much my whole adult life. And when I've tried to do healthier things, like at the moment, the fast, it's not weight related. The reason that I'm doing it is because I am perimenopausal and my hormones are doing really freaky things. And so what I'm trying to do is regulate my hormones by balancing gut and nutrition. And so I'm trying fasting as part of that. But because of my history with eating disorders, the idea of being hungry has always been a problem for me because in the past, when I have tried to do things where I'm regulating nutrition or I'm cutting particular foods out or I'm actually dieting, those neuronal connections that were firing in the background, I took to be evidence that there was something wrong with me or that I couldn't do it that it was impossible. I didn't really understand what was happening. And so I believed the stories that I was telling myself about, this is just too difficult. I can't do it. It's never going to stop. I'm always going to feel this way. I can't live my life with the sense of deprivation. Like all of those things going around and around in my head was exhausting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat the freaking biscuit. But now with the understanding of what has to happen in my brain before that process of settling down takes place, I now understand that it's a very normal part of habit change because those neurons have to disconnect and they have to wire to something else. And that's partly why I'm recording this episode instead of eating the toast. You see, the reward the toast gives me and that quiet time that I have drinking my coffee, I sit on the sofa in the kitchen, I look out the window at the trees and the sky, I think about the day ahead and it's a really enjoyable, rewarding 10-15 minutes for me. But as a result, I have linked the eating of the toast to all of those feelings of reward. And that's the thing with habits and with those neuronal connections. Once the association happens, toast, reward, then your brain orders it in that way. Must eat toast for reward. Can't have reward without toast. But if you can find something else to substitute the behavior you're trying to change, in such a way that you still experience a sense of reward, whatever the reward is for you, then what your brain starts to do, because it feels rewarding, if it doesn't feel rewarding, it doesn't take as easily. In fact, it usually doesn't take at all. But if it's rewarding, what your brain starts to do is it rewires. It goes, ooh, this looks good. So let's disconnect from that and reconnect to this. And it runs a new pattern. It creates a new chunk of information that goes together in a package. So if I were to do this once a day, instead of have coffee, eat toast, feel reward, I go have coffee, record a podcast, feel reward, then soon enough my brain will associate the recording of the podcast with the feeling of reward and it will seek that out each day. But it would take time and there would be dips while it kind of does that looking for toast, looking for toast. So the next time you experience a craving or the next time you want to change a habit that leaves you feeling like, ah, I can't do this, I can't do this, please remember Hebb's law and know that what you need to do is substitute 
the behavior you're trying to change for something else that will still give you the reward and then be patient while your brain remaps. Know that when you experience that kind of leaping ah, sensation in your head that makes you ratty and irritable and makes you want to go, I'm just going to give up. Know that that sensation is quite simply a refiring of an old pattern. Your brain's doing what it's always done. It's doing what it thinks it's supposed to do. But you can read that information as old pattern. It's misfiring. Don't worry about it because it will take care of itself, it will go away, and I will replace it with something else. Then, once you've chosen the habit, keep doing that until it rewires. And what you'll find is it gradually becomes easier. I've recorded loads of episodes about habits in the past, about the structure of habits and how they come together, how you change them, why they're there in the first place. So if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast or the first time you've heard any content about habits and you want to know more, visit the show notes page at bighappylife.co.uk and all of the links to the older episodes about habits will be in the page for this episode. If there's something you're struggling with with regards to habit change, then feel free to reach out, ask a question. You can do that again via the show notes page at bighappylife.co.uk and you can also do that on the Facebook page. You can find that at Big Happy Life page. Or if you just want to go direct, send me an email. You can reach me at natalie at bighappylife.co.uk. I hope this episode gives you the strength to kind of ride those waves of early habit change. If you know anybody who's trying to change a habit that they've had for a long time and that they could use this as a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of motivation to get through those tough points, then please do send them the link to the episode. Maybe put a personal note in. I always think the more we share the love and share the lessons, the more people around us we have who also understand what we're trying to do, the more support we gather for each other, the more support we give to each other. And I just think that makes everything a lot easier. So I hope I'll hear from you. But for now, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.